Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Oh, should we start the show then? Yes, All please. Right. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show where we take unsolved mysteries and cocktails and put them together and you listen to the show. Hello, I'm Masood. With me as always is a fantastic Suze Kepler. Hello. Oh. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew I'd get, I knew I'd fuck it up at some point. Ah, jump the gun for Stokes. But that he was fucked the... up. He fucked up our whole friendship. That was, <laughs> that was... All three of us never looked at each other the same That's way again after like... Chris did that. Well, should we do what we're drinking? P.S. Yes. That's Chris, by the way. Chris, what have you got for us? What are you drinking? I am drinking a pineapple and sriracha tequila martini. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Let me Let me talk you through it. I made a load of pineapple and sriracha syrup because oh, yes. we had guests coming around and I was like, I'm going to make them Benchley's. Mm. But as ever, you only really make one cocktail for everybody before you then move on to another cocktail. Yes. So I had a lot of pineapple and sriracha syrup left and I thought... I'm not going to make a Benchley again. We've had the Benchley on the show. So I made, I thought, I wonder if it would go well with gin. And I thought, Mm. can you make a pineapple and sriracha martini? And then I thought, ah, but I think tequila might be better. Can you make a tequila martini? It turns out you can. Yes. So I made a tequila Mm. martini and then put the pineapple and sriracha syrup in it. And then uh, some arboli chili flakes on as garnish floating on the top there. Oh, very spicy. That sounds really delicious, mate. Is it good? Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's the good shit. Yeah. What do you want to know what I'm drinking? drinking? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've got a martini glass as well. Yeah. So what's well, in it? You know how Chris has done a take on a martini that's got tequila in it? Yeah. Well, I've got here, I'm calling it an espresso marquila. Ooh. Because oh. it is tequila and not Mr. Black, oh. not Kahlua, but Cafe Exo. Oh. Oh. Which is also tequila based. Yes. It is tequila, so double, coffee, double liqueur tequila. Oh, with shit. tequila and a few ch- cocoa bitters. I haven't tasted it Ooh. yet. Oh. Smells great. We didn't confer, listener, either, by the way. No, this is crazy. Um, This has happened before as well. Yeah, it's lovely. But? It's really nice. Um, mm. All I'm going to say is, it, like, Cafe XO is the taste I'm getting. Ah, it <laughs> that's that's just... taste okay. So yeah. it's not like I'm. Oh, I'm getting so many flavors. But what, Masood, what could I add to this? Do you reckon the cafe? I think you because I love cafe XO. So fine. I think it's it, that's kind of it. I think that's just going to mm. be the dominant flavor. It's quite hard to mask that because right. co- both coffee and tequila are so strong. 
That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all I've done Unless is you added put more chili chicken. in it. Then it's like. Yeah, yeah, I could do that, couldn't I? But like. But then I think then what I'd do is have runny nose. Yeah. Because spicy things make my nose run. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. I'd be like. You wouldn't <laughs> want spicy coffee though, would you? No. No, you Masood would. Look at the state of him. Yeah. yeah. I would actually. I'll, I'll have spicy <laughs> Sounds nice, eh? It all sounds nice. Do you know what I could put in this? I don't have anything like this, but mm. like a salted caramel or something. That might do that it. That could be quite good, wouldn't it? That might do it, yeah. You know that caramel Maybe. syrup that you made? Maybe that. That would ah. do well in that. Yeah. Maybe that. Right. What are okay. you drinking, Masood? I'm drinking a Ron Collins because as of oh. the resist recording, most of my booze has been packed away. I oh, yeah. see, of course. So what's in it? Um, it is rum, lemon juice, and sugar, and... You said lemon sugar. juice. Not not in the voice of Homer, but in the style of Homer. Lemon juice. Lemon juice. And sugar and topped with soda water. So I've had to keep it simple. Uh, because okay. they're all they've all been packed away all my precious my precious booze so like a mojito with no mint yes yes and no like crushed ice and no uh, hito and no hito Ooh, Ooh. the mint is the mud. it already has a name it already has a name what is it Ron Collins. Ron Collins. Or Ron Collins. Or Ron Collins. Or Ron Collins. Yeah, because it's a it's based off the Tom Collins, which is with gin instead of. So I, I'm still not. I'm still not getting it. Ron, as in the name, or wrong. Ron, Ron, R O N. So it was the name. Yeah, yeah, Ron. Right. Okay. Like, I thought it was Ron. like wrong, Collins. Oh, oh I thought no. it was wrong. No, I, I thought would, you were making fun of me. I would no, you could, tell, you could tell the sort of day I've had. No, you making fun of me? Thanks th- a lot. This, this needed to be clarified. <laughs> no, I'd I'm glad we had this conversation. Smack myself in the face, then call it a wrong, Collins. <laughs> Thanks so much. You don't make me feel like shit ever. Because a, a Ron Collins is like, that's no way. Like, I may despise puns, but I'm not going to fucking go. Stoop is low to be like, it's a Ron Collins. We need to get to our mystery. Oh, yes. Oh, Chris. So what have you got to us? For us. for us. To us. Uh, so um, we're still in the 1920s. Jesus, seven episodes in and we're still in wow. the 1920s. You're not going to believe this. Early 20s, 1922. What? Hang on, let's set the scene. Wow, hey, look over there. It's the cat's pajamas. Oh, my God. Has, has anybody seen the hotel doctor? <laughs> We're in Ireland in 1922. Oh, oh get... Hey, it's ah, good don't... to see you. Oh, it's brilliant. good to see you. Hey, how you doing? It's me, an Irish man. It's okay, the so, 20s. Um, what we've got there is... We've got there is... Uh, Great uh, accent work, Sue's yeah. Sue's an English person deciding to do an Irish accent as we're just about to do the assassination of Irish hero Michael Collins. Hey. Oh, I, and it's so cool. He was assassinated. Is that what we're doing? He was assassinated and went on to go to the moon. I was going to say, <laughs> in my head, like when you texted to me earlier, I was like, Mike Collins, yeah, of course, not the moon guy. But then before we started, it's I was suddenly, like, but is it the moon guy? It's suddenly, when you said it again, I was like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> the moon guy. Yeah. So. Um, quite honestly, I was a little bit sort of like, shall we do this? Because. I mean, he was proper assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ah, and, and, and also, and also, when you think about how volatile the situation in Ireland, Northern Ireland, the UK is now, right? When you think about that now, like it was even worse back then. And there's a really good chance, as an English person who doesn't really know that much, because we're not taught it at school. Yeah. Um, so, like, I first heard of Michael Collins because of the fucking film. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so it makes it made, made made me think. Oh, it's probably not a good idea for us to do this because we won't do it very sensitively. However, I reckon like it's a story worth telling. And mm-hmm. 
it would be even worse if we left Michael Collins out when we're doing like this is true. geopolitics Absolutely. of the 20th century. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're English and God, we're dumb. <laughs> I am dumb. Speak for yourselves. I have zero. Masood idea. can sort of like rise above us and be like, haha, you stupid English fucking people. And they'll be like, I don't know either. I also don't know. What do you know about um, Michael Collins? Uh, very little. Not the moon guy. Not, no, the, not moon the moon guy. guy. I don't mean. I, that's the only thing I know about. He went to the moon. I do know that he was assassinated. Do you know yes. how old he was when he was assassinated? 40s? 31. Was he? Only 10 years older than me. He was... (laughs) Chris? (laughs) (laughs) We have fun. God, this is our worst episode ever. Go on, Chris. It is, it is. is. Shall we see if we can... It is. Let's see if we can... Well, actually, what do you think is our worst episode? Honestly, honestly, we're not being very funny and this is a really poor choice. We are being funny. (laughs) We're being really funny. So, what's... Don't put yourself down. Assassinated and he's 31. So Michael Collins was an Irish revolutionary mm-hmm. and uh, he's a very, very key figure in the formation of the Republic of Ireland, I guess. Right. Again, you know when you st- we're talking about Rasputin and it's like, it's technically recent history, but yeah. feels like ancient history. Yes. There's, there's people who were born when Rasputin was still alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fucking old, but yeah. Same with this, really. Yeah. Mm. It's so hard now to get your head around the situation with Ireland. Because mm-hmm. like they have a point, they've been neglected, and little th- even now yeah. our government have just been like fuck the agreement. Right. Oh, absolutely, it's hundreds of years. Like just they f- didn't didn't occur to them. Right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. So okay. when I say they've been neglected, they have. It's kind of like an issue of being forgotten, and no one really mm. listens to them. And I guess it's probably be- and again, I think it's an English snobbery. So they right. speak our language and they're very close neighbours physically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's sort of like, well, they're part of us, aren't they? <laughs> and it's like, no. It's like where it's like in the Olympics, there's Team GB, but it's actually Team GB in Northern Ireland. And lots of exactly. there's lots of commentators who make a point of saying Team GB in Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, right. Good, good, because mm. Northern Ireland is not part of Great Britain. It's part of the United Kingdom. Yes. But not part of GB. For now. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The full name of our country is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, isn't it? Mm. So, right. The UK is different from GB. Soon it's just going to be England and it's just going to be oh, us gosh. three podcasting from fucking England. Mm. I hate everyone in England. <laughs> Masood will be zooming in from New Zealand. Yes. I yeah. Hey guys, I got out and we're like, good <laughs> oh, for you. you. <laughs> I don't even care that I have to do this podcast at three in the morning. And we're like, yeah, I know. And then we move out there too. And then it gets really shit and the problem was always me and Chris (laughs) (laughs) turns out we fucked the country (laughs) the problems all started in the mid 80s I don't think so (laughs) oh Um, that laugh was I didn't like it I didn't like what came out of me just then I I didn't hear it I heard it it sounded to me like it was a poltergeist at the back of your room <laughs> I've gone to see because I'm looking at notes and everything I didn't I, I've, I've left the zoom call on the screen so I can't there see there are some listeners right. that are very important to me that I don't want to hear that laugh um, but I okay. think we should leave it in there for well I can't wait to hear it when I actually get your sound file it, they, it I, sounded like something dying oh it sounded like this to me <laughs> no like it was that. like, it was like ah. yeah like you're saying, they have a point, and the British government. Oh, yeah. I think so, absolutely. And the problem is, is that I maybe you, Suze, as well, like have to educate ourselves about this, which isn't a bad thing, but it does feel like this is something that I should have known when I was a child. Mm. Yeah, it, it's. It, I know it's a huge story. Yeah. Mm. 
Sasa thirty one. He's a very big figure, prominent figure. And I t- and the reason is is because the English thought he was a troublemaker. <laughs> right. And, um, ah. I, I guess from their point of view, he was. Fair Technically, enough. it's an unsolved mystery because no one knows. He 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 was ju- he was assassinated, but they don't know who by. Even though <laughs> I think it was the English. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can safely say that um, in most scenarios. Yeah, I mean, it's it smells pretty rife of that if they thought he was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. He was born in eighteen ninety in Cork. Mm-hmm. He was the youngest of eight kids. Wow. He moved to London in 1906 when he was 16, and he was a post office clerk, but then he went back 10 years later, and he fought in the Easter Rising. Do you know what the Easter Rising is? No. Otherwise known as the Easter Rebellion. Okay. Ooh. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was, uh, Sorry. <laughs> it was an armed insurrection during oh. Easter week, uh, April 1916, in Ireland. Oh, I see. It was Irish Republicans... And they were rising up against British rule in Ireland. And they wanted to establish an independent Irish Republic. Gotcha. Okay. And now they were opportunistic in their timing because the United Kingdom was at that time fighting in, in World, World War One. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. So it was very, very bloody. Yeah. It lasted five days, I think, um, mm-hmm. over the Easter week. And that's why it's called the Easter Rebellion. Right. And it was organised by the military council of the IRB, which is the Irish Republican Brotherhood. Oh, okay. Are they like the IRA well, beta? Is there an IRC? Is the B yeah. is well, for beta. Yeah, and then IRD and IRE. I'd love it to be like <laughs> all, the all the way through the <laughs> alphabet. It was, it was a lot of like angry, regular men. So it was... Right. Um, so men... Th- <laughs> right sorry yes. guys it's the resident feminist i need to <laughs> s- make that point there was an irish volunteer army that mm-hmm. had been established three years before in 1913 by irish nationalists the engine they were led by a school teacher oh, wow. hey called patrick okay patrick right. pierce that just um, sounds like you're making fun of the irish yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, patrick, i'll use his real name patrick patrick's an irish name yeah. who's called patrick pierce um, <laughs> he was. I know. Sure. I agree. Why are you, Look, have, why are you the, laughing at me? What? I'm the only person in this country mm, this who doesn't have who doesn't have any Irish blood at all. You know, everyone loves to go. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, My yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great, great grandfather was actually Irish. I'm like, not one person in my entire lineage is Irish. So I should <laughs> shut the fuck up for this whole. Podcast. This is the least funny podcast we've done. Okay. Uh, and their bar is okay. pretty high. Yeah. We'll find, less we'll funny find, podcast. Yeah. We'll find a way um, to make it funny. We are not funny, and this is the least. I, re- funny. I wonder actually. I wonder actually if there's a good joke hiding here somewhere. There will be. Um, There'll be uh, one. That we, and we we'll won't be able there. to use we'll it. That's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. my reviews say that. Yeah. Uh, I do want everybody somewhere listening to know that I'm well aware of. Uh, 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 ignorance, or certainly my ignorance going into this. I got loads uh, of ignorance. Chris, because, have you got any Irish blood? Uh, I think so. Probably. <laughs> but, like, I don't, uh, for the, the same reason that you were talking about earlier, I don't, like, advertise it, but I think there is some Irish blood in my family because we are um, gypsies a few generations back. Ah, oh. we must be, uh, must be. Okay. Th- yeah, like, yeah. Uh, tra- uh, travellers travellers, in the West yeah. Midlands. A lot mm. of travellers settled in the West Midlands, and I think... Yes, there is, but I don't want I to. I don't want to. I don't think of myself. Like, you hear some people no. are like, oh, well, actually, I am actually Irish. No. I yeah, really I feel it so yeah, strongly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Masood, how about you? No, not as far as I know. My family is weird, so there's no way. I mean, on your mum's side, it would <laughs> be pretty crazy. On my mum's side, that would be 
nuts if she was like, that, actually, what you don't know, we are guys. all full-blooded Irish. Like, <laughs> Imagine, I'm like, now we find out Masood's accent he's doing for his mum is an Irish it's, accent. It's, it's, like, oh, right. I thought that was an Irish accent this whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. I think Masood's mum had to move to Hong Kong because she fought in the Easter Rising <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> she, she knew Michael Collins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want a Republic of Ireland. <laughs> and we want it today. Today. Yesterday. That's when we want it. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. You people. <laughs> the Easter Rebellion mm. uh, that Michael Collins went back to Ireland to fight in yeah. mm. did end up becoming... Uh, it was the Proclamation of the Republic, which was a document issued by the people fighting in this during the Easter Rising, and in, they were saying like, "This is we are now proclaiming Ireland a republic." Okay. Ah. But I unbelievably, while the Brits were fighting in World War One, they still brought in thousands of reinforcements Jesus. as well as an artillery and a gunboat to fight this uprising in Ireland. Oh my, oh my god. god! There was street fighting and the yeah, a couple of guys beating up a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the, 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 the rebels they slowed the uh, British advance and oh. they inflicted many casualties on the British army as well. Okay, so they did some damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. The British army did suppress this uh, rising because they had greater numbers, heavier weapons, and uh, Pierce did issue like an unconditional surrender mm-hmm. at the end of it on the 29th of April. Yeah. And then the country remained under martial law following this surrender. And mm. there was a lot of people taken prisoner and I think almost 2,000 of them were sent to internment camps in Britain. Yeah. One of those people was Michael Collins. He gotcha. was, oh. yeah. So he was sent to one of these internment camps. He was, yeah, he was taken into British custody. He was processed by plainclothes officers from the Dublin Metropolitan Police. Because you got to remember, okay, here's the other thing as well: mm-hmm. is is that even though it wasn't like everybody in Ireland was supporting the uprising, right. there were some people in Ireland that were that wanted to remain under British rule. Okay, this yeah. wasn't like a. You, you, you can you can talk about it as like the British versus the Irish, but in much the same way now that you still have royalists in Northern Ireland or what are they? They're not called royalists, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The people in Northern yeah. Ireland that are like, no, we want to remain part of Britain. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not as clear cut as, yes, the British were oppressing and they were imposing rule on Ireland. Mm-hmm. And a lot, enough Irish people eventually was like, no, no that's enough. Yeah. But there were still some that, like they worked for the police still and upheld the what they thought was the law. Okay. So uh, Collins, even when he was arrested, he was identified as someone who should be put through further interrogation, harsher treatment, maybe even execution Absolutely. for the way he'd sort of like fought and what he'd done. But he overheard his name being called out by somebody else when they were all put together in this yard in the, in the barracks. Uh, so he moved to the other side to try and work out who was calling him. And by doing that, he accidentally found himself in the group of people that were transferred to an internment camp in Wales and he avoided execution. Holy shit! Whoa! Wow! Uh, from what I understand from this, he was like, "Did someone just say? Did someone just call me?" And he moved over to find out, yeah. and then ended up in this other group of people yes. that then were. <laughs> that feels like a real fucking lucky break. Like, and then and then there's like a Rube Goldberg esque machine. Is how he gets onto the train. Like, it's like there's <laughs> this ridiculous set of things. Like, <laughs> then he falls over, and then a bowling ball rolls down a thing, and then like a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So not just this, not only did he then have his life saved, yeah, it's crazy. but by the, the executions of the, the spearheads of the Easter Rising, mm-hmm. there was a, a, a power vacuum then, 
and because he'd survived the execution or the further interrogation or whatever by going to this internment camp in Wales, he was able then to um, move to the forefront of the movement. Oh shit, so he became like de facto leader. So he actually was planning, we'll get you next time Britain. Right. Even before the prison ships had left Dublin. Oh, so by shit. the fact that he like he already he was like I'm not going to let my lucky escape there be uh, go to waste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so while he was at this internment camp in Wales, he was one of the organisers of protest and non-cooperation with the authorities. For a split second, I thought you were going to say the Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> just tell us this lovely story about <laughs> he's got the pumpkin. You holiday it. We're carving the. We're... So while he was there, he was able to also network. Yeah. Uh, right. And then he, yeah, so like he became the forefront of the movement. Oh, okay, wow. Um, when they were freed, he ended up becoming a, m- like a member of Sinn Féin, which I don't remember. Do you know, Suze, growing up mm-hmm. in the 90s, like Sinn Féin were, uh, like the name was in the news a lot. But yeah, I had no and maybe real concept of what they were when I was no me neither and fake I... double acts you guys are going to spring on me <laughs> Sinn Féin I just <laughs> I remember like the IRA being a thing um and it was I can remember my mum I, like, I'm sure it's different in many households hmm. but my mum would be like oh you're never in danger from the IRA because they always call ahead and tell you where the bomb is. Yeah. Right. Because well, there was a kid at my school who was like, we should all be very worried about the IRA okay. in child language. And I came home like, Mummy, Robert Wells said they're going to blow up the school. And my mum was like, no, you don't need to worry about the IRA. But she didn't say like what they were fighting for, probably because I was six or seven. But I remember Jerry Adams, his voice wasn't allowed to be heard on the news. So they wow. used to dub his yeah. voice on the yeah. news. Um, I remember it was deeply weird. Well, that is really what? What? Deeply really? Strange, yeah. yeah, that's I am um, crazy. My recollection of being like a kid is thinking that Sinn Fein, like, because Sinn Fein basically is just a political party. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. yeah, um, they're like the DUP are the right wing Irish party if you want to really simplify it, and Sinn Fein are the more left wing. Right. So, but Sinn Fein were never like the the even as a kid. Who obviously you're easily influenced when you're a child. Yeah. But it they felt Sinn Fein felt like as big a term as the IRA. And Sinn yes. Fein, to me as a, a child, felt the way it was reported in the British media, felt like they were like this evil organization. Yeah. Right. Okay. Holy shit. That's what the media did. And guess who was on their side? Evil supervillain Jeremy Corbyn, oh. who loved violence, as we know from following Jeremy Corbyn. He He's loves always violence. knocking people out, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. I he just, loves I, it. He yeah. thinks war is great. We know this. Just, <laughs> in my head, for some reason, is there's something quite comical about him, like getting up in someone's face, like yeah, yeah, and then just like fucking you them. fucking make something of it. Sinn Féin had been founded in 1905, but mm. kind of as like a, a, unif- a unification of nationalists, of all Irish nationalists. Okay. So that was, I think, kind of their intention was to be like, Irish nationalist, Irish nationalist, Irish nationalist, right. come here. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was founded by a guy called Arthur Griffith, who ended up, who was the editor and publisher of the main nationalist newspaper called The United Irishman. And... Collins had been like heavily influenced by that as a boy, so no wonder he grew up to be oh, an Irish nationalist. Right. But what I'm saying, I'm not saying he was swayed. No, I'm saying that that germ was there. He read it as a boy, and it spoke to him. So right. he, when he grew up, 
he wanted to join that movement. Absolutely. And um, uh, when you know that, there's a really lovely photograph of Michael Collins and Arthur Griffith next to each other, and it's like, oh, he's met his hero. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's quite sweet. So he became, Collins became one of the leading figures of the post-rising independence, as he had decided he was going to be. Gotcha. Um, uh, and so he worked very closely with Arthur Griffiths. Okay. So then there was this idea of physical force approach to independence, which is like, we're not going to get anywhere by being nice, and we're not going to get anywhere just by talking. It's yeah. Not- Mm-hmm. So let's it's, just it, let's start cracking heads, right? Uh, yeah. So and to be honest, we'll find out more about that later on. But Michael Collins was like, oh, I said cracking was, eggs. Sorry, not cracking heads. He wasn't. Um, <laughs> Michael Collins wasn't uh, shy about the fact that he'd need to. You like blood will need to be spilt in right. order to have. He was pretty open about that. Just like, listen, this is what we got to do. And also angry. <laughs> like, yeah, big time. Absolutely. Under Griffith's policy. Collins was like an advocate of this physical force approach and he gained the cooperation of Sinn Féin but he continued to disagree with Griffith's moderate ideals. So Griffith was a bit more moderate yeah. and Collins was a bit more... He's like, let's get shit done. Yeah. Okay. Didn't really favour moderation. Maybe he did favour moderation but knew that it wasn't possible. Maybe like I think basically Michael Collins was like, if we're going to get anywhere, fucking hell, it needs to be... Yeah. There needs to be a battle. There needs to be a... Or, or, right. or war. And going back to what we'd just spoken about, the British government and the mainstream Irish media had wrongly blamed Sinn Féin for the Easter Rising. Oh, shit. So, mm. uh, and, but this, that, that backfired on them because it attracted people that had participated in the Easter Rising to join Sinn Féin. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Right. Yeah. It had a Streisand effect. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, and then by October 1917, so not really that long afterwards, like a year and a half after the Easter Rising, Collins had risen to become a member of the executive of Sinn Féin. Oh. So he'd really... Uh, and then there was a general election in 1918 and Sinn Féin swept the polls throughout right. Ireland. Yeah. And a lot of seats were uncontested, so they won a lot of them by default, but that doesn't really matter. They ended up with an overwhelming majority. Right. Mm. Collins was elected MP. Not MP, the equivalent of... Uh, do they call it DT? Or... I don't know. <laughs> what do they call it? Oh, I'm so what? annoyed with myself. I've bought, I don't gonna, know. I don't know. It's the beauty of the show. Remember, you, can, you can edit it in. It's like, fucking hell, I'm going to remember this. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, TD. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but I think it's Tiaktadala, which is basically the Irish equivalent of Member of Congress or Member of Parliament. Oh, okay, gotcha. right, like gotcha, MP. Gotcha, okay, gotcha. right, gotcha. So, yeah, TD. So he became that. Unlike the rivals in the Irish Parliamentary Party, uh, Sinn Féin's MPs had announced that they would not take their seats in Westminster, but would set up an Irish Parliament in Dublin instead. Because even because remember, Ireland was part was under British rule, okay. so a a a representative in um, in Ireland, such as he was for Cork, he had the right to sit in the House of Commons, but oh, right. he didn't oh, because see. a lot. But Sh- Sinn Féin MPs refused to go to Westminster oh. and instead set up an Irish Parliament. Mm. That'll, that'll teach him. That'll learn him. Well, because of this, um, before they even had their first meeting, he was tipped off by like their their network of spies. Yeah. Which that feels like it's come out of nowhere. But there's no way they're going to not have like intelligence oh, agents. Of course, everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. I mean, they're yeah. They were warned of plans to arrest all of the Sinn Féin members in overnight raids. Oh, right. Oh, if they went over to Westminster. And, right. Uh, if they didn't go over to Westminster. Oh, if they didn't. By setting up this Irish Parliament. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. By setting up this Irish Parliament, that was that was deemed to be like an insurrection. So mm-hmm. some of them ignored warnings on the argument that they were like, yeah, if, they, if arrests do happen, then that's a propaganda coup. Right. Right. Okay. 
and the intelligence was correct and a few of them were arrested but Collins and others evaded capture again okay and then they called the new new parliament the assembly of ireland mhm uh, and that met in dublin in january 1919 not long after that michael collins engineered the escape of the previous leader of Ooh. of the irish parliament okay. who's called uh, Eamon, Eamon de valera yeah right he had ignored the not ignored but de- like deliberately ignored the intelligence and then got arrested and Michael Collins broke him out of prison in Fucking Lincoln. Hey. There's, surely there's a movie about that, isn't there? I d- there must Michael be. Michael Fassbender, possibly. <laughs> but I just don't... All of this that you're talking about, I don't know how they did any of it without WhatsApp. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, and that's not even like, how did they even do it without WhatsApp? Whack a whack right. I'm like... literally... Things from the past, I don't know how any of it got done like when they go like the a network of spies I'm like what if one of them, what if one of them gets it wrong what if one of them's like yeah. what did you say did you say toilet seat what, and then, what? but this is why yeah. I love the, I love this and we're going to get more into it as we go on into the 20th century but like spies and espionage in the 20th mm. century like fascinates me so much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. who like, was the dude who was always drunk that we talked about Oh yeah, the guy spy? that predicted the, the useless spy. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that predicted Pearl Harbor twenty yeah. years ahead of and, time. Yeah, and and he like he was like sent over to be a spy, and basically he could do whatever he wanted because yeah. no one could tell on him. Yeah, yes. He, he took the country's the dime. Internet. That's right. He took the country's dime, got hammered, went out with his booze boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his like, booze boys. The booze boys, and then uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And no, yeah, exactly. It's not like there's a photo of him just like out there with a bunch of young lads like. Eh. He's just, <laughs> He's fucking. His his prediction is what is outlives his fucking uselessness. It blows my fucking mind. I don't know how they. It did is mad. It. Anyway, it is mad. Michael Collins, the original WhatsApp guy. The original WhatsApp <laughs> spy. <Yeah. laughs> no other state gave diplomatic recognition to this new Irish Republic because they set up this Irish Parliament. Yeah. Yeah. None of them gave any recognition to it, but there was sustained lobbying in Washington. And at the Paris Peace Conference as well, so they, so they like, recognised it. They, they were, no, there were people around the world that were like, oh, "It's the same as any political issue, I guess." People were for, people were against, right? Okay. Uh, but no, no state gave official recognition to it. Okay. Um, uh, after being re- after being broken out of Lincoln Prison, De Valera appointed Michael Collins Minister for Finance in uh, 1919 okay. I feel like when people do that they're not even sure of the person's qualification not to say anything you got against <laughs> Michael Collins but I mean like, I can't imagine they'd be like you're a department of finance be like you do know I I don't know anything about money right nah you'll be fine don't worry about it <laughs> where it hasn't it. stopped Rishi Sunak shots across the bow sorry to do okay so Rishi Sunak what do you think he would have done at this point because De Valera made Collins Minister of Finance mm. yeah. in this in this new parliament in 1919. Most of those missionaries only existed on paper or as two people working together in a little room mm. because the state wasn't officially recognised. Oh, right, okay, so yeah. Despite this, Michael Collins managed to produce I was gonna say, finance make it, ministry. Yeah. And he sort of like build one up. Yeah, I was, was going to make it look And it was like able this. to organise a a large bond issue in the form of a national loan in order to fund a new Irish Republic. Yeah, it's mad. That loan raised almost £400,000, £25,000 of which was in solid gold. The loan was declared illegal by the British 
uh, and it was lodged in the individual bank accounts of all the trustees. And the gold was kept, the physical gold was kept under the floor of Bat O'Connor, uh, who was what? one of the um, one of one of the people in this new parliament. And it was kept in his house and under the floor in his house until 1922. We call him that because he's fucking crazy. That's why we call him Bat O'Connor. You so, don't uh, even want to know why we call him the Bat. Now, you know how this was all sort of like, oh, we want to call um, him Bat O'Connor. <laughs> We want to see how things link up. Yeah. And stuff yeah. as we go on, right? So as this was happening, there was a, a civil war going on in Russia. Okay. The Russian Republic, in the midst of its own civil war, ordered the head of the Soviet Bureau in New York City mm-hmm. to get a loan from the Irish Republic. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> so that's like so Michael Collins managed to or like or- orchestrate this to the point where the Russians were like, Hey, we could borrow off Ireland. Yeah. I do. Even though, even though Ireland still wasn't technically a nation of its own, they're like, now nah, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> because, yeah, uh, and the Russians. Uh, bear in mind, there was a lot of uh, jewelry left over in jewelry. Russia at the time, and oh, yes. uh, they were supposed to go. They were going to put that up as collateral. Yeah. Uh, for the Irish to loan to the Russians, those jewels remained in a Dublin house until 1938. Wow. Right. Then Anastasia came claiming. Yeah, that's a nice little link back to the episode. It all links up, doesn't it? You think? Yeah. You think it'd be so separate? We've got the link back there to the, the the Russian things, but also that's a really good illustration of how. I suppose successful and organised Michael Collins was. Yes. Yeah. You see what I mean? It's sort of like, uh, and then there was the Irish War of Independence. Yeah. Oh, right, uh, okay. Which sort of began in 1919 when that first unofficial Irish Parliament, I guess, met. Mm. On the 21st of January, uh, an ambush party of IRA volunteers attacked two Royal Irish Constabulary men. Uh, so uh, they were escorting a consignment of Jelignite. Which is Ooh. dangerous. Uh, yes, that was being taken to a quarry in Tipperary. What's the and... one that goes... There's one that goes down in a cave, What's points a... down, there's one that points up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that stalagmites? <laughs> yeah. A consignment of those. So... <laughs> we These are pre- my case. precious stalactites. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Those are the ones that go up. Yeah. <laughs> They're stalagmites, the ones that go up. Okay. Well. But when you once you separate them, how can you tell? How can you tell? Um, yeah, exactly. Those two, exactly. Uh, those two constabulary men were shot dead uh, oh, sure. during, the, and this ambush is considered the first action in the Irish War of Independence. Okay. Uh, it had no advance authorization from this sort of like gestating government. Mm-hmm. The support for the armed struggle became official with this new government ratifying the IRA's claim to be the army of the Irish Republic. Because the IRA was not the national military. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it was ratified, but this new government ratified its claim to be mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the army of the this new republic. And Collins then started fulfilling a, a few, like a, a couple of different roles. This is where he's sort of like, because he wasn't bloodthirsty, but he was also like, no, we're not going to, like, if we have to, we will. Sort of, that yeah. was so, the mentality. Yeah, his thing yeah. wasn't just like, let's go and just kick shit up for no reason. Yeah. He was like, we, uh, we got to make a stance, but yeah. So when the when the War of Independence happened, this Irish War of Independence, he became the director of organisation of it. He 
was a strategist. Right. But it was guerrilla warfare as well as like actual physical battles. Mm. So he planned and uh, executed a lot of successful attacks on British forces, okay. mm. including because we're now getting into the, 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 the... So the War of Independence started in 1919. In 1920, something happened called Bloody Sunday. Ah! Sunday. Bloody Sunday. And he orchestrated that. Oh, right. Oh, I shit. see, okay. I He's see. The, this is the Michael Collins connection. The man behind. Uh, yes. Uh, what do you know about Bloody Sunday? Because wasn't there a Bloody Sunday in the 70s? Yeah, well, I thought I thought no, that was, just was, that, that was the one. You thought that was the one. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't realise there was one in 1920. It was a day of violence in Dublin on the 21st of November 1920. And it was during the War of Independence and mm. more than 30 people were killed or died of their wounds later. Right. right. So it began with an IRA operation organised by Collins to assassinate the Cairo gang. Okay. This sounds so cool. The Cairo, the Cairo, Cairo gang. gang. The Cairo gang was a Walk group like of... an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> the Cairo gang, right? It was a group of British secret agents who were sent to Dublin during the War yeah. of Independence to conduct intelligence operations against prominent members of the IRA, gotcha. which, according to Irish intelligence, was going to lead to this Cairo gang assassinating the the prominent Irish members of this new government, the new government right right yeah yeah so, of which collins is kind of smack dab in the middle of yeah and like like i say probably chief troublemaker yeah mm. 12 men including uh, british army officers irish constabulary officers and a civilian informant were all killed on the morning of 21st oh. november 1920 by the ira in a planned series of simultaneous early morning strikes that collins had orchestrated devised yeah, yeah. they were the first killings of bloody sunday so he knew. Uh, so he knew that these guys were there. The Cairo gang were there. They were spying on him. Well, yeah, the Cairo gang was there to gain intelligence on these people, with the view, as Irish intelligence believed, with the view of assassinating them. Right, right, right. So this was kind of like acting on that intelligence. They were going to get there first. Yeah, you can't fire me. I quit. Mm. And by quit, I mean kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was planned by Collins, along with along with some others, and they were planned to coincide with a Gaelic football match between Dublin and Tipperary, because oh, okay. large crowds would allow. Collins's men to move a bit more easily and oh. be more difficult for the British secret agents to detect them before and after they carried out the assassination so that under the cover of the crowds of the football fans they'd be able to sort of like go in and leave again wow mm -hmm. that's super cool unfortunately two of the men that were going to carry it out a guy called Clancy and a man named McKee they were picked up by Crown forces the night before they were tortured and then later shot dead while trying to escape yeah. but Ooh. while trying to escape is in inverted commas so oh they oh. may not have been trying to escape but that might be the that's the, yeah they justify right. it yeah yeah they, that was preemptive that was before Bloody Sunday so there were, some of them were caught before this operation was so this is what I mean the intelligence was real and the spies were yeah. sort of like carrying out their jobs and there were uh, fatalities on both sides. Mm -hmm. Bloody Sunday, sort of like, like so on the 21st of November at 9am, members of the of Michael Collins' squad entered a, a, an address called 28 Pembroke Street and to kill some British agents and successfully there were uh, Major Charles Cholmley Dowling Chumley. and Captain Leonard Price. Chumley. Leonard Mr Price. Chumley Warner. <laughs> Major Charles Milne Chomley Dowling yeah. and Captain Leonard Price. Yeah. He was the other ones. No. Brian Christopher Headlam Keenly side. Oh <laughs> I haven't made that. That sounds like an Alistair Beckett King character. It does. Yeah. Kill him. 
<laughs> Not Alistair Beckett King. Colonel uh, Wilfred Woodcock and Lieutenant Colonel Hugh Montgomery. Cock oh, by name. Cock by nature. Oh, I bet Woodcock had a great time in primary school. Well, here's the thing about Woodcock. <laughs> he was not connected with any of this plan. He just walked into a confrontation on the first floor of the house. Oh, no. <laughs> because he was in his military uniform, uh, yeah. they, shot, they shot and killed him. Oh. Uh, Would anyone like a spot of tea? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so, throughout <laughs> different addresses mm-hmm. in Dublin that morning, Shit, they just went out. And the Cairo <laughs> gang were slaughtered. Wow. wow. I imagine in my head, in the film or miniseries, it happens at exactly the same time. They carry it out. Ooh. as a montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, in split a... Split screen. Yes. It's, the, oh. it's to Layla. It's like that being Goodfellas. One after the other, you see them. It's good. And the Frankie Carbone is hung in the freezer Meat freezer. Yeah. Only one of the IRA men was captured during the operation. Oh, wow. Ah. Frank Teeling was court-martialed, sentenced to hang, but he escaped. How did he do that? Uh, he escaped from uh, uh, jail before the sentence could be carried out, but then he was later tried for shooting a member of the National Army, convicted for killing oh, a man. Oh, mate, you escaped. Just yeah. You don't believe this. He was, uh, he was tried for shooting a member of the National Army, yeah. and then he was convicted for killing a man who was bringing a bag of tomatoes into the bar at Theatre Royal Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's <laughs> like, I've like, played that theatre as well. <laughs> oh, Have you shit. been to the Theatre Royal no, Dublin? No, I've never been to really Dublin. Really nice. Um, uh, Patrick Moran and Thomas Whelan, they were later arrested mm. and and they protested their innocence but they were convicted and hanged for murder on the 14th of March wow that is the following year by the way okay okay and then the rest of the Cairo gang who were the target of Bloody Sunday the 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 British agents uh, the the ones that remained that didn't end up getting shot they they fled to Dublin Castle or back to England because they thought oh shit we're going to be next on the IRA's hit list yeah right yeah yeah their deaths and retreats dealt a severe blow to British intelligence gathering in Ireland. So the oh. operation was a success. Because if you so while it was a case of like, yeah, the agents are being killed, mm-hmm. it also meant that the British spies were now very thin on the ground because either yeah. the gotcha. ones that remained had fucked up. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So that was Bloody Sunday and that was um, Bloody Michael, Sunday. Ma- Michael Collins was a very he was instrumental in putting that organizing together. Yeah. It, and, yeah. Yeah, and and it being carried out. Many of the groups were given free hand to institute a reign of terror. Oh, okay. But that was on the Crown's orders, British orders. So because okay. the Crown responded with the escalation of war, yeah, it meant that some of these people would get, in the same way that I suppose like American cops get trigger happy. Um, oh, okay. This happened in Ireland. So yeah. a lot of them were given free hand to institute a reign of terror, shooting Irish people indiscriminately, mm. invading homes, looting and burning. So yes. then obviously the war, war escalated. Right. So De Valera <laughs> fucked off to the United States for an extended speaking tour to try and raise funds for the outlawed Republican government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was during publicity for this tour that he was first referred to as president. So while he hadn't been officially, right. that title hadn't been officially recognised, by doing this speaking tour in America, the publicity of it referred to him as president for the first time. Uh, right, okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. while this happened, Collins had arranged for the national loan, organised the IRA, led the government while uh, De Valero was in the States, and he managed arm smuggling operations so that he could arm the, the IRA. His, yeah. Uh, and then he also created a special assassination squad called the Squad. It's a good name. Uh, it's a good solid name. Like don't, the. Don't, don't call like, what are we gonna? What are we gonna call this squad? How about uh, the squad? squad? Well, that's what they call the progressive women in the Democrats in America. 
AOC, oh. uh, Ilan Omar, I think Corey Bush. Anyway, they call them the squad. Yeah. And I like the idea that they got the name from this gang what, of squad. ruffians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't it's complicate also, it. Just keep it simple. The squad. Yeah. It's, worth, um, it's worth pointing out that, I don't know, if I've worded it so that anyone listening to this might think that Michael Collins was being excessive in anything he did, mm. even campaigning for Irish independence non-violently was still a crime. So, oh, okay, right. Still liable to be prosecuted if you campaigned even non-violently for Irish independence. And the laws that it, you could be prosecuted under mm. had the potential to arrive at the death penalty. So... Oh. Like, even if you were campaigning non-violently, you still ran the risk of being executed for campaigning for Irish independence. Why the fuck wouldn't you just be like, fuck it, we're going to... Yeah. Like, yeah, you might as well just you know go I mean? all like, the way, in for right? a penny, yeah. in for a pound. Absolutely. There's no... Yeah, it's the same... Especially if the British administration was then sort of like just invading homes and... I was going to say, Irish yeah. Irish people left, right and centre. It's going to be like, you are going to... Absolutely. Of course. Um, it was in 1920, the British government offered £10,000, which is the equivalent of £300,000 now, for information leading to Collins's capture or death. Hmm. Mm. He evaded capture, continued to strike against British forces, often operating from safe houses near government buildings. Now, what I'm... Again, this was only 100 years ago, in what was the beginning of a civilised century, like automobiles and stock exchanges and all of this. And this was happening then. Yeah. All of this stuff, like it happened in Russia with the revolution, and it's happening in Ireland at this point. People were wanting to think and rule for themselves. Yeah, they had done right. for ages. Yeah. I read this and I'm like, if think about all the people that are rightfully angry with Britain and England at the moment. Yeah. They're acting very civilized towards us. They could have every right to do this. Yeah, right. I mean, it could have just happened, right? They could just go, you know what, actually, fuck that. Yeah. Tip some cars over, start punching them. Totally. Street fighters. That's, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's like Barbados is like, nah, we're not going to have the Queen as our head of state anymore. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think, like, it's. I think what's different now is that I think, you know, I guess maybe because there are more civilized roots through what people want so like that yeah. the, that journey is a little easier whereas then they're like we want this and then the british government's like <laughs> get fucked and they went yeah. okay then we'll start killing your spies and they're like right okay so these guys are serious right okay then whereas now you're like yeah it seems like no it's not completely different but i feel like there's a few more channels you can go through or maybe i'm naive maybe i'm stupid i have no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> but it feels like there are slightly more channels than killing britain's spies to get what yeah. you want Right. Or maybe you still do that. Do people still do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we won't find out about it until years later. This boop, is boop, true. boop, boop. Yeah. It, it could be that Barbados never, like, have, they've been saying that for years and it's only just now <laughs> they're like, yeah, all right, we'll tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. repercussions felt now mm-hmm. there was a lot of like little re- victories for the republicans that wouldn't have been possible without like widespread support from the general irish population mm-hmm. and from ev- like every level of the irish population as well doesn't like a- across the class system yeah. uh, because this wasn't a class issue this was a an independence issue and you could think either way do you know what i mean yeah. you could think no uh, why wouldn't we be better under British rule let's better the devil you know some of them will be like well no we're Irish we should govern for ourselves right, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you were like upper class that though the, people from the upper class would have had that argument people from the working class would have had that argument mm-hmm. there was widespread support and then there were elections held in May 1921 and they were held in the northern part of Ireland under something called the Government of Ireland Act which was a British act of parliament it separated the governance of six counties Okay, so they all had to vote to in like. Together? So this is where yeah. So in May nineteen twenty one, elections were held in the northern part of Ireland under this Government of Ireland Act that the British government had introduced, and it separated the governance of the six counties in Ulster from the rest of Ireland, thereby creating Northern Ireland. Right. There was a ceasefire in July, mm-hmm. but around that time, a major operation was allegedly in the planning to execute every single British Secret Service agent still in Dublin. Ex- Execute every motherfucking last one of them. Yeah. I love you, honey bunny. I love you, Michael Collins. <laughs> Any of you fucking bitches. No. no. Anyway, that was good when we did that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed so, it. So, okay, so they so they basically, by doing that, they created Northern Ireland. That, that's mm. what I did. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, because it's still called the Six Counties now. Right. Yeah. Okay. The Six Counties in Northern Ireland, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then came this idea of there being like a truce. So General McCready was the commander of the British forces in Ireland. He reported back to his government that the Empire, uh-huh. the mm. Empire's only hope of holding Ireland was by Ugh. martial law, which included the suspension of all normal life. Oh, my uh, God, the Empire. What? Westminster's foreign policy said no. They ruled that out. They were like, no, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah. Irish-American, because there's a lot of Irish people in America. Yes. Yeah. Irish, Irish-American public opinion was important to British agendas in Asia because oh. uh, they we relied on a special relationship, I guess, with America. Yeah. So, mm. again, it's sort of like this idea that the, like for so long, Britain had written off Ireland mm-hmm. when... They're like formidable people. Yeah. Britain's efforts at military solution had resulted in something called. It's like people have a reaction to fighting, and that is that they don't want it to happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if there's yeah. war, people want peace. Mm-hmm. So then it became this sort of like there was a demand to end the unrest in Ireland. Gotcha. Prominent voices calling for negotiation included the Labour Party. Hey, hey. Storm her out. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw, 
Oh, yeah. Like English Catholics, there was a lot of people calling for the for negotiation. However, wasn't the British that initiated negotiations? Because why would they? Because yeah, well, the yeah. British fucking government are belligerent and they rattle the sabre. And um, the British MP General Cockrell sent yeah. an open letter to the Prime Minister, who at this point in time was our friend David Lloyd George. Ah. Uh, you know, the who gave the phony honour to ZZ. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gave ZZ oh. his chocolate. Ah, uh, yeah. And also probably <laughs> was instrumental in the disappearance of Victor Grayson. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, he was Prime Minister at the time. Uh, and this open letter sent to him was uh, printed in the Times and it outlined how a peace conference could be organised with the Irish. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Pope, the Pope made an urgent appeal Whoa. to end the violence. So everyone's like, yeah. But but the thing is that David Lloyd George can't couldn't ignore all of this coming at his way. Of course. So the uh, so then the, his government offered a truce. Okay. Uh, arrangements were made for a conference between the British government and the leaders of the not yet recognised republic. Right. Of which Collins mm. was an instrumental figure. <laughs> I see. So Collins apparently said after signing the Anglo-Irish Treaty, you had us deadbeat. We couldn't have lasted another three weeks. When we were told of the offer of a truce, we were astonished. We thought you must have gone mad. However, he has stated on record that there will be no compromise and no negotiations with any British government until Ireland is recognised as an independent republic. Right. And yeah, this sort of like unofficial Irish government, it was more compromising than Collins was as a man. So it decided to go ahead with the peace conference. But it was ascertained in the preliminary stages that a fully independent republic was not on the table. So then oh. Collins was like, well, what's the point? But this government were like, well, if it ends the fighting and all of this. Oh, so, right. Oh, so they weren't even given, like, a full... They're like, ah... Uh, so they, they, they basically read it and went, shit. They, we're getting screwed over here, lads. They're not giving us what we want. Bollocks. So Collins was not keen on this treaty being signed because it ruled okay. out Irish independence. Them, them ever being independent. Right. So they just, like, completely, they're like, it'll never happen. Right. The Irish delegates were sent to London... Uh, meaning that they had full authority to sign an agreement on behalf of the government back home Mm -hmm. and then the treaty would be subject to approval by that government back home. So they could sign it, but then it would have to be approved later by the rest of the en masse when they weren't there. The delegates set up headquarters in Knightsbridge, but Collins was with the publicity department and also had taken along for the ride some of the squad. And the British team were led by Lloyd George... And the colonial secretary at the time, there was a colonial secretary, a colonial secretary. <laughs> in the government at that, that time. Me. Guess who was the colonial secretary in um, 1921? It's ZZ. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's Winston Churchill. Oh, him. Yeah. We we should do an episode with like an overview on Winston's little life. Because yeah. he's yeah. always popping up, wasn't he? Way yeah. before the war. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Colonial that secretary. Hmm. <laughs> Fuck. The negotiations did end up resulting in the Anglo-Irish Treaty. It was signed on the 6th of December 1921. And the agreement provided a dominion status to the Irish Free State. Okay. Okay. So that means that it's it's a dominion as opposed to an actual yeah. recognised republic, right? Okay. Yeah, and the, the treaty was signed on the 6th of December 1921. Uh, so the Irish Free State was established in 1922. Mm. And that treaty ended the three-year Irish War of Independence between okay. the... Irish Republic, the IRA, and the British Crown Forces. 
Okay. Uh, so then the relationship to the British Commonwealth would be modelled after Canada's in, in a way, I guess. And it was it was a compromise. There was no way that it's what Collins wanted. Uh, it's not really what the British wanted either, which I think what some of the people that were negotiating it was like, like we've, we have still sort of like dented the empire's ego a bit. And we oh, have, okay, that's quite good. We've at least wrestled something. But like, it's not, no, it's not what they, they wanted. And the treaty was only signed under considerable pressure from the British. So the British, again, were still rattling the sabre to get them to, to do it. Yeah. But throughout all of this, obviously, Collins was... He called himself a soldier and not a politician. Yeah. So it was that kind of attitude that made, I think, the British... Be and also, he had engineered Bloody Sunday, which had cost them a lot of operatives. Yeah. The British did not see Collins as a, as a pussycat. Yeah. <laughs> Collins said that he only signed the treaty as an alternative to a war that Irish people did not want. I see. Yeah, okay, right. That makes sense, yeah. Do you think that's a hindsight thing? Do you think he was like... Well, no, this... uh, partly because he didn't have chance to have a lot of hindsight on it. The treaty no, was signed on the 6th of December 1921 and he was assassinated a few months later in 1922. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So he probably really was going, okay, I'm weighed up the yeah. options here. And... Yeah. Ugh. So this is, a, this is a quote from him. The treaty fell short of the republic that he wanted and that he'd fought for. But he concluded that the treaty did offer Ireland not the freedom that all nations desire and develop to, but mm. it does provide Ireland with the freedom to achieve that. Okay, that's that's a good start. They've now got more freedom to operate. That It's a step closer. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He knew that elements of the treaty would cause controversy in Ireland, and upon signing the treaty, one of his colleagues, F.E. Smith, remarked I may have signed my political death warrant tonight and Collins replied I may have signed my actual death warrant oh, sure. oh, oh shit. shit that's um that's very, very prescient weird. wasn't yeah. it <laughs> he's fucking mm -hmm. seeing his own future mm -hmm. damn okay wow so then there was these things called the pact elections mm. just, they were just full they were just full mate absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't move <laughs> could not move <laughs> These elections just His fucking elections, too many. Oh too my god! Parama Lamb. Oh, while I was, I had to queue for fifteen minutes to get to the polling station. By the time I got there, my pencil was blunt. <laughs> <laughs> we vote with the pencil uh, in the UK. That wasn't uh, a penis uh, gag. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you did vote with your penis. <laughs> I vote with my dick. That's why the women didn't have the vote for so long. Because they were like, I don't have a dick. Like, we're going to have to get them some IKEA pencils. <laughs> po policies toward Northern Ireland were nebulous. No one really knew what he thought about. So he told, okay. during, these tr during the treaty debates, he said, we have stated we would not coerce the North East, which is Northern Ireland, because mm -hmm. it is the North East. They say Northern Ireland, but it's not. It's not like there's not a line in Ireland and then it's all there. No, yeah, it's the so yeah, um, we've said that we would not coerce the northeast. Uh, surely we recognise that the northeast corner does exist, and surely our intention was that we should take such steps as would sooner or later lead to mutual understanding. Mm. The treaty has made an effort to deal with it on lines that will lead very rapidly to goodwill and the entry of the northeast under the Irish Parliament. So he mm. saw the northeast then coming in line with the rest of Ireland. Right. I don't say it's an ideal arrangement, but if our policy is, has been stated, a policy of non-coercion. He told the Northern Divisions of the IRA in private, though, that although the treaty may have seemed like an outward expression of partition, the provisional Irish government plans to make it impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, d he did definitely see United Ireland by the sense of it. Oh, shit. Okay. So he's like, oh, yeah, even though we've signed this, it's not looking likely that we're going to keep it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, again, the, 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 the British Act of Parliament had passed the six counties of Northern Ireland had been separated from the rest of Ireland. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fuck, okay. 
It's wacky. De Valera resigned the presidency and sought re-election, uh, but Arthur Griffith replaced him after a close vote on the 9th of January 1922. In British legal tradition, Collins was now because he was retained his position of finance minister. Yeah, mm. he was now a Crown-appointed Prime Minister of a Commonwealth state. Whoa! What oh the my God! Uh, yeah, but to be installed that way, he had to formally meet the head of the British administration in Ireland. Ah. So you imagine how awkward that would have been. Yeah. Mm. The Republican view of the same meeting is that Collins met him to accept the surrender of Dublin Castle. Uh, having surrendered Fitzalan, who was the uh, head of British administration in Ireland, he still remained in place as Viceroy until December that year. Jeez, so, okay. That's a that's a, a position I've never respected the name of, that name Viceroy. It just sounds like somebody made it up or it sounds like it sounds like a lame name of someone on like a Star Trek ship. They're like, It's the Viceroy. It's like, what does he do? He just sits there. <laughs> he doesn't really do anything. He has no real power. Although I imagine it's probably what real viceroys are like anyway. So uh, this provisional government, its first obligation was to create a constitution for the free state and Collins was one of the main it was undertaken by him and a team of solicitors. Yeah. Uh, and the, the basically it resulted in the Irish Constitution of 1922. He, grew up a, he drew up a constitution which uh, didn't massively... like it, did, it didn't supersede the treaty. Okay. And it ref, refused to take... Wouldn't, while it wouldn't break the treaty, it would have no mention of the British king. It would have no mention of that. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, I that's like pretty it. ballsy, though. I like it. Yeah, he's just like... Yeah. Yeah. So under the treaty, the Free State was obliged to submit its new constitution to Westminster for approval. And upon doing so in June of 1922, Collins and Griffith found Lloyd George determined to veto the provisions they had fashioned to prevent a civil war. Oh. They didn't want a civil war, yeah. but Lloyd George was like, nah, veto, mm. veto, veto. Oh, veto. fuck. So he basically, ooh. Yeah. Uh, they met with Lloyd George and Churchill, and they were heated meetings and contentious. Collins was less diplomatic than Griffith or de Valera. They were older men. Collins was a young hothead. Yeah. In the and, well, and, and Churchill of, at this yeah. point. In the political young. cartoon of this, by the um, way, uh, Lloyd uh, thing is he's like he's dressed like the king, and Churchill <laughs> yeah. is the Churchill insurance dog that he's patting. That's the political comic of this. Oh um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's so weird. I think Churchill at this point was like in his late forties. Oh, okay. He was oh, yeah, of course. 18, 1875. Before, oh yeah, I always forget. Like Churchill was like over in 90 when he died, and it was the Churchill. Like he lived so long. He was ninety and. He was old like, in World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. This is I f- kind of forgot that. And JFK was like, yeah. "I love you, Churchill," and he was president. That's mad. Yeah. And Churchill was also prime minister twice. Yeah. Forget so a, a nostalgia thing because they couldn't yeah. wait to get rid of him after the war. But we'll do this. I'm sure. We'll yes, we'll cover this. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, the, these these meetings with Lloyd George and Churchill were heated, and Griffith and De Valera. Obviously, they disagreed with them, but they were like older men, and Collins was much less diplomatic than both of them. But he he wasn't an idiot. Like, he still understood Mm -hmm. politics and political issues as well as they did. He just was a bit angrier with it. So he said that he was being manipulated into doing Churchill's dirty work. I don't disagree. (laughs) Yeah, so by being manipulated into a potential civil war with his own former troops, Collins Mm -hmm. said to Churchill... You're making me do your dirty work. Wow. Fuck. I bet Churchill took that really well. He seemed like the type. Yeah, but yeah, he, t- yeah, took, really mm. took it in a stride, puffed on his little cigar, and was so, like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That, that is fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Who 
this is where we get to uh, the pact elections. Okay. It's so full in here. <laughs> <laughs> to stop a civil war, the negotiations resulted in something called the Army Document, which was signed by an equal number of pro and anti-treaty IRA officers, including Collins. The manifesto declared that closing ranks all round is necessary to prevent the greatest catastrophe in Irish history. So it called for new elections to be followed by the reunification of the government and the army, whatever the result of those elections. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I think is really mature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever happens, we're going to re- reunify the government and the army. And in this spirit, the Collins de Valera Pact was created. Oh, OK. And okay. the pact agreed that new elections... Uh, would be held with each candidate running as explicitly either pro or anti-treaty. Mm. So they had to declare whether they were pro or anti-treaty when they ran for election. Okay. And regardless of which side obtained the majority, the two factions would then join to form a coalition government of national unity. So it was all about Ooh. unifying oh, Ireland. I quite like that. Again, very mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A referendum on the treaty was also planned, but never took place. So it just happened. And okay. The pact elections uh, on the 16th of June comprised the best quantitative record of the Irish public's direct response to the treaty and the results were Andy I'm going to go from last place alright okay so in last place four unionists from Trinity College Dublin right yeah seven farmers (laughs) from the farmers party seven independents okay 17 from the Labour Party yeah yeah 35 anti-treaty oh yeah 58 (gasps) pro-treaty Hamilton wrote the other 51. That's from Hamilton. <laughs> That's what it's like, though. There's so many. Wow. I see. It was a bit of a landslide. Yeah. yeah. So, not expecting that. Uh, it was a landslide for the pro-treaty. But yeah. this goes to show you that they didn't want the violence. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. Like, yeah. Nowadays, they'd be like, bring on the violence. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So six days after those elections, there was a senior British Army staff officer from the First World War called Sir Henry Hughes Wilson. And he was an Irish unionist politician. He was assassinated by two London-based IRA volunteers who had served in uh, World War One. As far as I understand it, in World War One, Ireland were fighting for the British. Yeah, surely mm. that's why the Easter Rising could have happened. Of course, gotcha. yeah, yeah. And also because Ireland didn't have its independent government when when the war was happening. Yeah. British went to war. Yeah. yeah. So uh, any Irish men that fought in World War One were doing so for the British. Ah. And he was assassinated, Henry Wilson, Sir Henry Wilson, outside his home at approximately 2.20pm. So in like the middle of the day, Jesus. He, was, he was in full uniform and he was returning from unveiling the Great Eastern Railway War Memorial at Liverpool Street Station. Oh. Yes, he had, he'd been shot six times in the chest. Oh my God. God. Two police officers and a chauffeur were also shot as the two assassins sought to avoid capture. They were surrounded by a crowd and arrested. They were convicted of murder and then they were hanged very quickly on, wow. uh, in August. So that's like... Right. Two months later. I thought you were going to say the same day. So that's that, that 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 sort of <laughs> So it's like weeks later they were hung. Wow, that's fast. Wilson, prior to his assassination, had resigned his commission and he'd been elected an MP for a constituency in Northern Ireland. And he'd got a long history as one of the chief British leaders who opposed Michael Collins. Oh, okay. okay. This, that's another point in the graph. All right, yeah, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're so, putting pins in the graph. It also kickstarts the Irish Civil War because the death of Wilson caused, uh, like... Uh, uh, an uproar in London. So Lloyd George sent a letter to Michael Collins saying that the ambiguous position of the provisional government with regard to the IRA in the four courts could no longer be tolerated because it had been IRA volunteers that had assassinated Wilson. Gotcha. So the British cabinet met the day after and agreed that Collins's reply had not given a definite enough commitment to disperse the four courts occupation. 
and they ordered a commander of the British garrison to attack the four courts who they blamed for shooting Wilson. Mm. So Collins was in Cork at the time of the crisis. Uh, Arthur Griffith had met with British officials to discuss the continued occupation of the four courts and there's no documentation of the decision taken by the provisional government who Collins was in charge of at the time. Mm-hmm. An historian writes here, the sca- called Michael Hopkinson, the scarcity of evidence is explained by the acute sensitivity of the subject both at the time and since, so maybe they didn't want it recorded. Right, yeah, yeah. What mm. Collins said about attacking the four courts. Right. When, right. Co- when Michael Collins got back in Dublin, his own forces, his supporters, they began to act against the anti-treatyites. I don't like the word treatyites. No, it's not, uh, no. It's dumb. <laughs> it's a dumb word. But yeah. I guess that's what we got. It's like the justice system. It ain't perfect. Um, <laughs> but yes, anti treatyites So the, the the assassination of Wilson and then this that it kickstarted mm-hmm. the, the 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 Irish Civil War. Okay. Wow. Sure. So a majority of the IRA that Collins had helped lead in the War of Independence, mm. they were now strangely opposed to the provisional government that Collins himself represented. Oh, shit. So. The reason I bring that up is because I do think the British probably assassinated him. Yeah. However, yeah. another suspect enters the fray now, which is a lot of the IRA. <gasps> yeah, I was say, yeah. You see what I mean? Because they would have made been... himself unpopular. Yeah. Because, and, but some of that was politically, like or diplomatically at least. Like yeah. It was a sensitive issue that he didn't agree with, but saw it as a step into finally becoming an independent nation. Yeah. Whereas they were like, mm. no, we're out, we're out against it yes. outright. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So um, after three days of fighting, the four courts surrendered. Then heavy fighting broke out in Dublin between anti-treaty IRAs and the Free State troops. So now it's now an Irish civil war that's happening. The British, Mm. they're they're not, they're not really involved in. And again, it's it's kind of what Collins anticipated when he was saying to Churchill, "You're making me do your dirty work." Yeah, yeah. He said, "Yeah." See what I mean? Like he could see this happening. Fuck, fuck. Two weeks after Cork had been taken by provisional government forces. Collins travelled there to attempt to seize large sums of money that anti-treaty Republicans had put in various banks. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of evidence, apparently, that Collins' journey to Cork in August 1922 was made in order to meet Republican leaders with a view to ending the war. So he wasn't just going to Cork to take money from anti-treaty Republicans. He was Mm -hmm. also going to try and make an effort to sort of like stop the fighting. He had a series of meetings about the possibility of peace talks in Cork on... 21st to the 22nd of August 1922, he met with neutral IRA members uh, with a view to contacting anti-treaty IRA leaders to propose a truce. And the anti-treaty side had called a major convocation of officers to a remote crossroads in Ireland with uh, with ending the war on the agenda. Mm. Um, De Valera was present there, but there is no evidence apparently that there was any prospect of a meeting between De Valera and oh. Collins. Oh. It's amazing that all this was happening and he still found time to train with NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they work around your schedule. That's how they work. <laughs> That's the great thing good. about space travel. Is they work around your <laughs> schedule. So you've got Collins's personal diary at this point as well. Uh-huh. As a document. Oh, and okay. his personal diary outlined his proposals for peace. Yeah. Aw. I wouldn't write that in my diary. I'd just be like bitching about open mic acts I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Republicans must accept the people's verdict on the treaty, mm-hmm. but could then go home without their arms. We don't ask for any surrender of their <gasps> principles. Oh. Okay. 
So he argued that the provisional government was upholding the people's rights. They would continue to do so. We want to avoid any possible unnecessary destruction and loss of life. That was the main thing. Right. We do not want to mitigate that. But also, I think that's really important. We want to avoid any possible unnecessary destruction and loss of life, which means, yeah, obviously, of course you do. But the word unnecessary there is uh, very Yes, telling. yes. There's, that sounds very uh, subjective. Yeah. We do not want to mitigate their weaknesses by resolute action beyond what is required. But then he also added, if Republicans do not accept his terms, further blood is on their shoulders. Mm. So... This is towards the end of August 1922. It looked mm. as if the Civil War was winding down and the Free State had regained control of most of the country. Michael Collins was going to parts of Ireland that were recently recovered from the anti-treaty forces and he was just sort of like having a look at them, inspecting them, I guess. He planned to go back to Cork, but uh, it was considered too dangerous. Okay. And so he was advised Ooh. against it by several trusted associates because County Cork was an IRA stronghold and much of it was still held by anti-treaty forces. But okay. he was determined to go. He'd also, oh, throughout his life, he'd fended off a number of attempts. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he had a sense of like being immortal because he'd escaped execution yeah. so narrowly so he's earlier like, on when he was in Wales. Yeah, Can't touch us. <laughs> he'd acknowledged more than once in private conversation that the Civil War might end his life at any moment. If you remember when he said, I think I've just signed my own death warrant. Yeah, that was it. But despite that, on several occasions, he'd actually said to his advisors, look, they're not going to shoot me in my own country. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. But he was, but he, I think he was specifically meaning like his countrymen, not the British. Essentially, well, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, that's what um, did you think? Like or do you say. think he meant like hey, they'll never let it happen here? Oh, yeah, no, it could be that actually. Yeah. Second, he set out from Cork. He passed through a place called McCroom, and then he went through a little village, a little town called Crookstown, uh, and then that led through full of really nice people. That, actually, Crookstown. You, uh, you think <laughs> just because it's named that that it's full of real, real, uh, you know, reprobates? Lovely, absolutely diamond. Yeah, they play a really friendly football match with Dickstown, <laughs> <laughs> who are also great. <laughs> and Cuntsville, they get together. They have a lovely little market. We don't want to go to. It's Nyston. They are full <laughs> of fucking assholes. The the, the ro- route he went on led through that isolated crossroads that the Valera. They had wanted met to have the right. Yeah. Before, yeah, they stopped at a local pub, mm-hmm. uh, which still exists. It's now called the Diamond Bar. Oh. Ooh, it sounds swanky. Uh, yeah, so it's in County Cup. They were stopped at this pub to ask a question of a man standing at the crossroads. And that man turned out to be... The devil. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he turned out to be anti-treaty. Okay, right. Oh. It was a mistake for them to stop and ask him directions Shit. because he recognised Collins in the back of the open top. He went, oh. he went, wait a minute, so, that's Collins. Yeah. So then oh, an ambush was laid. Yeah. Oh. on the chance that the convoy might come through again on the way back. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Ah. So between 7.30 and 8pm, it did indeed come back. Oh, and by then, most of the ambush party had dispersed and they'd gone for the day and there were just five or six men lying in wait. <gasps> Two were disarming a mine in the road, while three on a laneway overlooking them provided cover. And then a cart was placed across the road and that remained at the far end of the ambush site. And then... As soon as it arrived, because the I suppose that cart would have stopped the car. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So then they opened fire, 
with rifles. Oh my god. The driver was ordered to drive like hell, but Connie said, No, we'll stop and fight them. He jumped from the vehicle along with the others and put up a fight. He took cover behind oh. a, a, behind a grassy knoll. Oh. And then uh, he jumped up back up and he began firing himself. So oh. he And then in another little link back, there was a Vickers machine gun in the car. <gasps> Oh shit! And obviously, uh, Vickers had been popularised and be- become very wealthy thanks to the efforts of a man named ZZ. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, um, yum, yum, yum. Uh, so the, uh, the 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 Vickers machine gun that had been mounted in the car had been firing at the attackers, but it stopped because a badly loaded ammunition belt caused it to jam. Ah, that's what happens when you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> To get a better view, Collins left the, uh, and he moved further along the road. He was standing in the open. He fired a couple of shots, and he was he was, well, he was struck in the head by a bullet fired by one of the ambushing party, Shit. who was a former British Army sniper. Now, this is so that is by anti-treaty people lying in wait for him. He was shot by a former British Army sniper, and there's oh. no reason to believe, with the element of secrecy that's going on. I mean, you could have. This could have been a plot by the British who had been trying to kill him for years. Yeah. So it seems d- like near a decade at this point. Yeah. That's why I say I think it was the British that did it. Yeah. Uh, which, or at least, certainly had a heavy hand in it. Oh yeah, they. Mm, it seems so. I mean, the fact that he's a British maybe sniper. They, maybe they didn't. And maybe, maybe this because it was a an act of violence in the Irish Civil War that it was genuinely like anti-treaty people that were angry with him and he's just a former british sniper he just happened to be there like as 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 it could as it could be possible that he was just could yeah but also like but also like a a sniper's a crack shot and Mm. it's isn't it fascinating that a british sniper was there but it's like it's possibly it's just you look for patterns you'll see them so he was the only fatality sustained in the ambush as if he was the only target although Mm. somebody did suffer a neck wound oh okay he was found face down on the roadway. One of his men whispered an act of contrition into his ear, which is the uh, an act of contrition is a Christian prayer, isn't it? Ah, yes. Be like, oh, it's. I mean, it's definitely like it's not the last rites, but it's sort of it's a religious thing to do. Okay, okay. It doesn't sound too conspiracy when you say like he was the only fatality because like obviously anti-treaty guy was like, oh fuck, Collins is here, right? Well, we'll just. I mean, we don't have any beef with the other guys. Just fucking kill him if we're gonna do it. But then the other guys were firing back at them. I suppose so, but... Yeah. Do you think it was quite lucky they got Collins? Lucky for them, I mean, not for Collins. <laughs> but do you think it was like, oh, we got him? Yeah, like, oh. That. oh we... But I mean, the other thing there is, of course, like, if it was an anti-treaty watchman that was stood there and happened to recognise him and was like, he may come back later, let's organise an ambush. Why couldn't somebody, like a British spy, have got wind of that and be like, this is good for us because we yeah. can kill him and then make it look like it was this ambush by yeah. them. And yeah, he could. Yeah, like, and they sent they, they sent they sent this guy Dennis Sonny O'Neill, the former sniper, British Army sniper, to be like, make sure that make sure he make sure he's dead. It's like it's like season three of Lost, where one of them goes into the fucking the yeah. the survivors thing. Oh my god, it was probably like that. They probably went, yeah, just. I haven't seen Lost, but I'm. Maybe I'll start now and be like, oh my God, guys, you got to check this out. Seriously, <laughs> let's do it in Tamden. I, Have I, you I, never watched it either? I, I've never watched Lost I just either. never watched it. My ex loved it. And it was while I was at uni. God, it was on a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He used to watch Lost and he'd be like, I've got the latest episode of Lost. And he'd put it on and I would just pay zero attention to it because <laughs> I'd just come into it too late. Yeah. So I don't know what happened here. I know there was a guy who uh, was hot and everyone thought he was hot. I know that. Something to do, something about a plane crash. 
yeah. Anyway, it's, me and Chris are going to watch Lost. It's <laughs> it was yeah. He was called Dennis O'Neill, the guy that is believed to have fired the the former British sniper. Right. Yeah. But this is where it's because it is. Does it count? Can like I guess it does because there is this element of conspiracy. Mm. Because a lot of questions have been raised about Collins's assassination. Mm. So there's a lot of statements that are contradictory, they're inconsistent, mm. there are lots of unanswered questions about what actually happened. So Dennis O'Neill, who was the guy that believed to have fired the fatal shot, he was a former officer from the Royal Irish Constabulary, who, if you remember, had been towing the, the British line when because when Ireland was under British rule. Yeah. The Easter Rising was fought against the Royal Irish Constabulary as well as the British. So he'd also served as a sniper in the British Army during the First World War. He joined the IRA in 1918 and met Michael Collins on more than one occasion. When the Irish Civil War started in June of 1922, he then joined the anti-treaty IRA. So he joined the anti-treaty IRA after the Irish Civil War started, only a few months before this. And then he was one of the ambushes. And it says here he was he remains a mysterious figure because of the contradictions in his biography. Okay. Uh, he provided them with information concerning the Cairo gang. Okay. And then 20 years after Michael Collins' death, the Irish state just granted this guy, O'Neill, a captain's military pension in the 1940s. Hmm. 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 Yeah, so that does seem quite okay. odd. Collins lay in state for three days. Did he? Oh, wow. Tens of thousands of mourners filed past him to pay their Wow, okay. Wow. He So he was like, oh, die. Yeah, and including a lot of British soldiers departing Ireland who had fought against him. Oh, really? Oh, so they were like, I may not agree with you, Collins, but God damn it, I respect you. <laughs> so uh, 500,000 people attended his funeral. Wow. Bloody hell. That's one-fifth of the country's population. I was going to say, Jesus. yeah. Jesus. That's amazing. Wow. No Jeez. official inquiry was ever Opened, taken, yeah, taken to the How convenient. Yeah. yeah, and so there, that means there is no official version of what happened. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's why I think it counts, and that's why I think we can cover it. Yeah. And also, yeah. I feel like Ireland is underrepresented when it comes to this it sort of thing. It definitely is. Absolutely. No, but you're right. It's like, it's never, like, this... Listening to this, I was like, holy shit, this is a really cool, like, well, uh, really yeah, interesting I, story, you know. My knowledge of the IRA is is not nearly good yeah. enough. Mm. Like, I know I know about what went on with the Guildford Four because of In the Name of the Father, but that's only because that happened over here. Right, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, right. You don't know any of the... Of like, the... Jerry Conlon. <laughs> De Valera said something interesting because obviously there's no official record of what happened at all that creates a vacuum and that's where conspiracy theories come from yes so then like the list of suspects has become like anti-treaty people members of his own convoy yeah mm. british secret service or even de valera himself mm. uh, de valera is said to have remarked in the mid-60s it is my considered opinion that in the fullness of time history will record the greatness of michael collins ah. and it will be recorded at my expense Wow. Oh, right. Okay. okay. So he knew that people were like, he fucking did it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I think, I I think like somebody like that, it was like, who was, who was our, it was our drunk guy where the, we thought that the British government were like, we got to fucking get rid of this guy because he's a dipshit. Victor Grayson. Victor Grayson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was, it was that sort of thing. It's like, he'd been, you know, like, they don't want some young hotshot in Parliament being like, you know, just like chat shit back to their guys. So of course, I think they bumped him off personally. 
I think it's like it's that weird British thing. I feel like I should never get angry at British people because one day a British person will. Because <laughs> you guys hold grudges. You all hold grudges for a long, long yeah. time. Oh, oh, Masood. I remember you said that. It's, <laughs> see, <laughs> that oh. is not even my gag, and it's not a gag at all. That's my friend Lindsay Sharman. We should get Lindsay and Lawrence <laughs> on the show. Um, it's her mum said it. First of all, that's not my joke. Second of all, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. My friend, no, my friend Lindsay Sharman was in the car with her mum, yeah. uh, who was going like, "Tell you who I hate." And Lindsay said to her mum, "God, mum, you bloody know how to hold a grudge." And her mum went, "I oh, remember you said that. Deadly serious." <laughs> <laughs> And this is it. It's like you never fucking know. I'll be I'll be walking home from like I'll be walking home with the groceries in a brown paper bag with Lucy, <laughs> and then, and then you'll, I'll just hear Sue's go pursued, and I'll be like what? And then just yeah, one will go through the bag, and the other one will go right below the eye, so you can't bury me in a fucking open coffin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they shot him in the face. <laughs> yes, you couldn't have an open coffin. <laughs> And then Lucy be crying, be like, "I remember that." <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, "In a few years, if you're still sore, I'll yeah, be waiting." You know what? <laughs> it was me. I killed Masood because <laughs> he's Masood's like, "I know what those fucking Brits are I like." Know what you fucking Brits are like? Well, that was fucking fascinating, dude. That was really, really like again. Yeah, like you said, I know very little about that part of the world and all of that stuff, and it was so great to hear all of that like to hear like a proper insightful like, yeah oh, shit. it was really crazy interesting man yeah so i i enjoyed reading up on it ahead of time mm. and it's one of those things where it was like he fought in the easter rising okay let's find out more about that yeah right oh yeah. what's the cairo gang yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like um yeah. but why aren't why didn't i know about what was going on in ireland in the 90s why wasn't i told that properly well, like, I was alive in the 90s, and it's all well and good going, oh, well, you were a child. It's like, yeah, but there was a lot of things happening in the 90s that I can contextualise now. Yeah. Romanian orphans? This. Yeah, just yeah. wasn't taught about this stuff, you know? I knew yeah. that Simon West had his face burnt off in the Falklands. We never stopped hearing about him. Yeah. That, yeah. Was his I would Simon have liked West? To, Simon Weston. Simon yeah. Weston. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that much. <laughs> no, but he uh, was always on the telly, wasn't he? He yeah, was I like, know, hey, never kids, look at me. Yeah, no, no, looking back, I think I maybe could have learnt more about Irish history than uh, Simon fucking Weston. Simon Weston, <laughs> his individual story. Yeah. 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 Is he still alive? We Simon had this Weston. conversation before. Yeah, I think so, yeah. He is, yeah, oh, and he's only 60. Yeah, there he is. His picture on Wikipedia is Weston at a printer's in 2008. Just a printer's. He's just at the printer's. What's he getting printed? Doesn't say. He's just yeah, it doesn't say. Just some pamphlets for a birthday. It's Ellie's fifth. <laughs> but there we go. We're still 1922 now. Michael Collins has been killed. Yeah. And there yeah. are still like, and, and obviously now Ireland and Northern Ireland are a thing. Yes. Um, I don't know. I feel like there are little links there to like the, the being able to loan money to, to Russia? Russian yeah that's fucking yeah. crazy yeah uh, and um you wouldn't put them together you'd be like oh that comes not. into it does it I yeah. do love that yeah. Russia's like okay who's got money ah <laughs> yeah but it just goes to show how actually the Russian civil war was longer than you thought as yeah, well because right? the Romanovs were executed in 1918 yes he'd abdicated I think a year before that in 1917 so like this is still five years later and still a civil war going on in Russia so yeah, it's mad. Mm. Alrighty. Yeah, so... I hope we weren't insensitive. 
Yes, I was. I think I think, I think we. I don't think I was be... insensitive to Michael Collins, but I might have been insensitive to you. Irish listeners to be like, look, more I think you'll have good instinct, Chris. Yeah. I think you know. Like uh, that. You can catch us on Patreon. Like there'll be loads and loads of outtakes. We release stuff every day. It's always so funny because we're hilarious. Oh. Patreon.com/slash Mystery on the Rocks. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all your faves. Leave us a review. Um, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. people find the show as well. Like, if you leave a nice review, people go, oh, oh that sounds good. I think I'll have well, a listen. Five stars must be good. And I'll be like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, with all that in mind, see you all next week. <gasps> bye. bye. I think Lucy started doing that, bye. <laughs> Mystery Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.